G'day, welcome to Partakers and to our series, Easter 2012. Today is Saturday. Today we look again at the cross and ask some fundamental questions about it. What is the cross about? Why is the cross important? And why it is also an imperative of historical and biblical Christianity. But let's begin with a reading from the Bible. That's always a good place to start. And today I will be reading 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 to 31, and I'll be reading from the message. So starting at verse 18. The message that points to Jesus Christ on the cross seems like sheer silliness to those hell-bent on destruction. But for those on the way of salvation, it makes perfect sense. This is the way God works and most powerfully as it turns out, it is written, I'll turn conventional wisdom on its head, I'll expose so-called experts as crackpots. So, where can you find someone truly wise, truly educated, truly intelligent in this day and age? Hasn't God exposed it all as pretentious nonsense? Since the world in all its fancy wisdom never had a clue when it came to knowing God. God in his wisdom took delight in using what the world considered dumb preaching of all things to bring those who trust him into the way of salvation. And while Jews clamour for miraculous demonstrations and Greeks go in for philosophical wisdom, we go right on proclaiming Christ the crucified. Jews treat this like an anti-miracle, and Greeks pass it off as absurd. But to us, who are personally called by God himself, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is God's ultimate miracle and wisdom all wrapped up in one. Human wisdom is so tinny, so impotent, next to the seeming absurdity of God. Human strength can't begin to compete with God's weakness. Take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best amongst you. Not many influential, not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses, chose these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. That makes it quite clear that none of you can get by with blowing your own horn before God. Everything that we have, right thinking and right living, a clean slate and a fresh start, comes from God by way of Jesus Christ. That's why we have the saying, if you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. So let's firstly look at the problem. The problem is sin or disobedience, whether active or passive, of and towards God. Sin is what separates humanity from God, and as a consequence leads to both a spiritual and physical death. Romans 3 verse 23, Romans 6 verse 23, and Isaiah 59 verse 2. In the Old Testament, sins were dealt with by blood sacrifices of atonement 
as coverings for sin, Leviticus 17 verse 11. For without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin, Hebrews 9 verse 22. A blood sacrifice is God's way of dealing with sin. And these blood sacrifices of the Old Testament signified four things. They provided a covering for sin. They showed the great cost of sin. They were an exchange or substitution. And they were only always going to be a temporary measure as they pointed themselves forward to Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross. So that's the, that is the, uh, the problem. And now we have the solution. And the ultimate solution to sin lies not in continual animal sacrifice of the Old Testament, because as Hebrews 10 verse 4 reminds us, it reminds us that the blood of animals cannot take away sin, but was only a veneer or a covering. That was why it was necessary to repeat time and time again. But these same animal sacrifices also pointed towards a time when animal sacrifices would no longer be necessary. That, we understand, is the cross of Jesus Christ, because it is only through the death of Jesus Christ on that cross that sin is permanently taken away. Hebrews 9, verses 11 to 15, and verses 26 to 28. And why? Because Jesus is the permanent and ultimate sacrificial substitute. What's all this about substitution? Jesus was our substitute. Jesus died for our sin, the just for the unjust, 1 Peter 3 verse 18. That is how God is both just and the justifier of sinners. That is why Jesus needed to be both fully God and fully human. If he lacked either qualities, it would not be the full substitutionary sacrifice that was necessary to bear the permanent consequences of sin. When Jesus died on the cross, in our place, he bore the consequences of all sin, of all the earth, over all periods of time, past, present and future, and from Adam onwards. He therefore became sin for humanity, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 21, and it was the precious blood as a lamb without spot or blemish, according to Peter 1, Peter 1 verse 18 to 19, that finally fulfills God's righteous requirements permanently as the substitute. And more than that, more than that, we know that towards sin and sinful behavior, God has great fury, anger and wrath. Jeremiah 21 verse 5. Yet, as Micah 7 verse 18 points out, God is slow to anger and quick to forgive. And this propitiation basically means the turning aside of God's anger by the offering of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. God's anger and judgment of sin falls on Jesus Christ instead of us. That is grace. And we need to approach God in order to appease his anger, in order to accept it, Romans 3 verse 25 and John 2 verse 2 5 and 5 verse 6. And if Jesus' death on the cross was not an atoning sacrifice, then the Old Testament law would not be fulfilled 
animal sacrifices would still be necessary to be a veneer of sins and God would be made out to be a liar. Let's look at this two verses very quickly. 1 John 2 verse 2. He, speaking of Jesus, He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours but also for the sins of the whole world. And 1 John 4 verse 10. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice or propitiation to take away our sins. Jesus, through his atoning, propitiatory, sacrificial death on the cross, is our peace offering to God. And more than that, it's a sign of the loving God. Amazing. And yet further, not only was it propitiation, but it was also an act of redemption. In the time of the New Testament, this word was used to refer to the buying back of a slave, the price paid to buy the slave's freedom. God paid redemption so that humans can be freed from the slavery to sin, John 8.35 and Romans 7 verse 14. The price was paid, 1 Peter 1 verses 18 to 19, and so we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ sacrificed on the cross. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19 to 20. But it is our responsibility to choose that way. God does not coerce forcefully. He leaves it to us as a choice for humans to make as individuals. And what is our response to be? Sacrifice, substitution, propitiation and redemption can be summed up in one word. Love. For 1 John 3.16 states, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Jesus told us to take up our cross if we are to follow him as his disciple. Luke 9 verse 23. Are you as a Christian disciple willing to take up your cross and do all you can to love other people? There is a price to be paid for those seeking to be followers of Jesus Christ. They must surrender completely to him, be prepared to identify with him in suffering and death, and be willing to follow him obediently wherever he leads. And yet again, the cross is even more. And as we look back through the gospel account, we see Jesus being tempted and tortured by Satan. We see the temptations in the wilderness, Satan using the Apostle Peter to try and deflect Jesus away from the cross, and Satan using Judas to betray Jesus. If Jesus had ever succumbed to temptation and sinned in thought, word, action or inaction, then he himself would have needed a saviour. How untenable. That is why Jesus is the perfect sacrifice, because he never sinned and always did what he saw God the Father wanting him to do. Jesus' death on the cross is the, the centerpiece of and climax of all human history and the focal point of eternity. On the cross and through the cross alone, Satan, death and sin have all lost their sting. Wow! As we have seen, the cross of Jesus Christ is God's solution to the suffering and sin of the world. Only by Jesus Christ going to cross have sin, suffering and Satan been dealt mortal blows. The cross provides a solution as it provides a substitution, propitiation, redemption and a victory. 
The cross is not merely a symbol to be placed around the neck on a chain or to be worn as a lapel pin or as an item statement of fashion. The cross is not meant to portray Jesus as some form of sadomasochistic tragedy hero as some people try to make it out to be. The cross, the cross of Jesus Christ, is God's solution to the problem of sin, suffering and pain, as much as the wise of this world would love to think that it is not. The cross is a choice. You can choose to deny the cross and say it doesn't matter. You can say that it isn't irrelevant and that is your right. God will not force you to accept the cross and love him. If he did, he would have created Adam so that Adam would automatically love him and not give him free will to rebel. That way the cross would not have been needed. But such is the enormity of the love of God that each person, including you and I, have a choice to make. Follow this Jesus Christ and take up your own cross and be an overcomer for him. God will not force you to accept it, but he will keep on calling you back to the cross calling sometimes in quiet ways and at other times much more loudly. You can deny the cross and its meaning and when Jesus Christ comes again in judgment you will find that he denies you entrance into his glorious kingdom. When Jesus comes again and he is coming again everyone will know who he is and bow down to him. But only those whom he knows will be granted access into everlasting life. The others will be cast away into darkness. How you think of the cross ultimately has relevance to you and affects your reality. You can accept the cross as your personal substitution, personal propitiation and personal redemption. That way you have peace with God. The cross of Jesus Christ thoroughly epitomizes God's glory and if there were any other way that God the Father could restore people back into relationship with himself then surely he would have done it that way. But there was no other way. Jesus Christ as a son of God who was simultaneously fully God and fully human died on a Roman cross. He took on the sins of the world paying the greatest price so that you can be restored into a peaceful relationship with God the Father in the power of God the Holy Spirit. That is for all people of all nations, all ages, all generations, all statuses and gender. The cross is amazing love in action and is ignored at great peril. So let us go forward in hope and faith, choosing deliberately not to boast in anything else save only of Jesus Christ and him crucified. The wisdom of God is exhibited on and in the cross of Jesus Christ is foolishness only to those who don't accept it. Thank you.